0: The German word for Centaurus Cyanus, also known as cornflower or bachelor's button, is corn bloom, And you won't find any of that in the Doom Room. <laughs> oh my God. I'm Alex, and I'm doomed.
1: Get ready, because it's time for some peanuts, my favorite legume. Boom, boom,
0: you're in the Doom Room. I'm Justin, and I'm doomed. I'm Pete. And I love this dance to the death that Justin and I have going on with the beginning of this podcast. It's uh, it's really challenging me in exciting and new ways. So I appreciate it. Thanks, Justin. Scraping it. out the bottom of the brain. That's what this podcast is all about. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, we're going to be talking about Doom Patrol Season 2, Episode 5, Finger Patrol. Some big stuff goes down in this episode. Yeah, as everybody deals with the fallout of the previous episode, still got a bunch of sex ghosts around the house. But uh, we get a little bit more of a classic Doom Patrol (laughs) structure here as everybody breaks off onto their own separate missions. We've got Cliff and Cyborg as Cliff gives Cyborg some romantic advice that gets him back together with Ronnie. Meanwhile, Cliff uh, chops off a dude's finger. Uh, So that's what's going on with him. Larry visits home with Rita and accidentally leads to the maybe death of his grandson. So lots of stuff there. And meanwhile, uh, Jane turns into baby doll, pals out around with Dorothy, drives her totally nuts, and ultimately releases the Candlemaker and the potential destruction of the entire Underground. So big stuff, as we said, going down in this episode. Yeah. This one was great. Uh, I'll just say I appreciate the focus that we've got in the past couple of episodes, but I did really miss this pair up structure that we had a lot more in the first season, and it was fun to see it again.
1: Now, so this episode was directed by the same person that directed the pilot, I believe. Mm. And I feel like the direction in this episode is wildly different than other ones. There's a lot of like... Uh, sort of more serious-feeling shots. There's a lot of camera movement. There's a lot of different things here that I thought was sort of purposeful and it made me feel like this episode is like a tentpole pivot moment or or something's happening here because it is a return to form with the pairings, but it also feels like much more... It almost feels like a feature film to me in the way that it um, is directed Mm -hmm. uh, as opposed to sort of the normal episodes feel like like TV.
2: Uh, Yeah. For me, this was just an uh, kind of action-packed. There was so much stuff that happens in this episode. And, uh, uh, you know, a lot of it's goddamn heartbreaking. And also, for me, it comes back to Niles being the worst, where it's like, hey, I have a taking time bomb of a daughter as well as uh, somebody who uh, can't control who's at the wheel. I'll just go off and let them play together. Nothing horrible could happen with that. No need keeping an eye on that at all. Well, I do think it's actually very interesting emotionally
0: what's going on here to the point where Jane and Hammerhead, I I think it's Jane and Hammerhead, fight about it at a certain point in the episode in terms of who he cares about more, Dorothy or Jane. Right. And you see it, to your point, Justin, just in terms of the direction and the staging of everything, the... He barely touches Dorothy, right? Like, he, the way Timothy Dalton plays it, he gets all stiff and wired tight when he's around her. Is almost rude to Dorothy several times versus yeah. Jane. He softens up. He's calm. There's that thing where Hugs. baby doll, yeah, jumps in his lap and he's just cradling her like a tiny little person. And it's interesting to see. Like, I don't think it's. It's I still don't think Parrington, he's a bad guy, but he is. doesn't know how to act right around these ladies. What did you say, Pete? I cut you off.
2: Uh, it's okay. It's a shitting Parrington. It, he's just not a good parent good at all. shitting Barrington. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> I shitting Parrington. <laughs>
1: uh,
2: I just... Like, on
1: the Gilded Age, it's a character in the Gilded Age, right?
2: Yeah. You know, I understand, like, good. you know, I mean... You, you you guys are parents, you know, but, uh, you know, there is something to be said about, um, you know, giving the child what they need when they need it. And um, I, it's got to be hard to know that your child has a monster living inside like we all do. But like, uh, uh, I mean... You know about the yoked jackrabbit. You know about the candle maker. Like, come on, bro. You know what I mean? Like,
1: a couple things. Like, as the caretaker of uh, a ticking time bomb, and of course mm -hmm. I'm talking about you, Pete, I understand that it's hard uh, to do that. And I think uh, he's a little... Niles a little scared of Dorothy, so he—it's easier for him to have a natural relationship, a more like loving relationship with Jane and Dorothy. He's like he's sort of going through the gestures of being a dad. He's always like, "Oh, these bad these French toast is amazing." Let's just like, okay, cool it a little bit, um, and then he he ends up being not being able to follow through on that.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, and the other part, if you look at the history, uh, let me just say this and then I'll turn it over to you, Pete. If you look at the history, though, he ignored Dorothy the entire time. We've seen that, including, I think, a little bit this episode, if I remember correctly, where he just kept leaving. You know, he oh, it was last episode. He keeps leaving her on Danny the street. He keeps running away. He's barely spent any time with her other than abject horror at the carnival. He and uh, occasional visits here and there over the past hundred plus years. He doesn't know his actual daughter. Versus Jane, we know from the history of the show, he has seen multiple times over the years. And even though she hates him, even though she yells at him all the time, even though he drives him away, they've still spent significantly more time together.
2: Yeah, and also, like, the fact of, like... Oh, uh, they're laughing and playing. That's great. But then when the house starts to shake and maybe a couple fireballs get thrown, maybe you go check on the, the creepy basement and make sure no one's accidentally thrown in the fucking inferno. So you're saying in
0: the 30 seconds where somebody got thrown into a furnace and then the candle maker was released in the underground, Niles should have zipped out in his wheelchair down exactly. several flights of stairs and stopped it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, That's be a recent. fucking dad and show up. Yeah, dude. He, oh, the fuck?
0: he's the unreasonable one.
2: Yes, yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I I'm complete agreement with you. You get your old ass in your fucking wheelchair and you fucking motor down there. Even if you're late, show the fuck up and he's he's nowhere to be found, man. There is a fucking battle going on and he doesn't fucking give a shit or want to be there. And it's fucking Avi.
1: Now, what's happened when you've released your Candlemaker, Pete? What has the? Because I know you have your sort of yoked. Your yoked jackalope is uh, runs a gold gym in um, South Beach, Florida, right? <laughs> that's right.
2: That's right. Yeah. Um, I don't recommend uh, a membership there. By the way, <laughs> make wish Pete eat cheese steak. <laughs> Pete. Yeah, I just. I think it's. Uh, You know, sometimes Niles acts like "Holy shit, Dorothy! It can destroy the whole universe." I need to pay attention. And other times he acts like she's just a normal kid, and it's uh, it's infuriating.
1: Well, but I think I think he wants her to have a normal, "quote unquote" normal childhood. Like that's why I think he. Well, yeah, too late to some degree, but he can still give her these moments. That's why I think. He's like, he introduces Baby Doll to Dorothy to be like, play, and they're playing, and it's going well until they, they just don't get along. There's Come personality on, conflict you there. You
2: know, when it starts to get quiet, things are going bad. You know what I mean? It's quiet, and then or reading is happening, cr- or you... someone's
1: reading quietly,
0: children. Yeah, no. exactly. I'll, no reading, reading quietly? quietly? Mm mm. I'll tell you what, you know, you like to ask us what it's like being parents a lot of the time, which we should really get into at some point, Pete. But mm. I know that if there are kids over with my kids and playing, if it goes quiet, you're like, oh, thank God. <laughs> this yeah. is my time to go do
1: literally anything else. Finally, I before. can think one thing for a minute.
2: <laughs> so that, you know, that's when things are quiet. That's when things are, are, are you know, I, I don't know. I just think that... Um, Wow.
1: What's it like when you're, you you can't hear your cat? Are you like, uh-oh, this yeah. fucker's in the chimney?
2: Yeah, yeah. I get I get real worried very fast, and I go looking because I fucking care. Pizza uh, actually says the same thing about Santa Claus. <laughs> oh, that fucker's in the chimney. Got <laughs> to go get him. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm not so afraid.
2: What's called a reverse Gremlin story, right? Yeah, I just... I don't know, man. I mean, whatever. Maybe <laughs> it's... It's hard being Niles or whatever, but I'm just, I'm sick of his shit all the goddamn time. And, uh, you know, I'd like to see him do something better. And he's got a lot of balls in the air with the the Doom Patrol, and everybody has needs and nobody's getting them met. And, uh, you know, it's literally blowing up in his face. So I just don't, I don't know, you know, what we're supposed to do. We're we're supposed to be like, oh, Niles tried one time. Well,
0: uh, let me throw something else at. Out at you, which I think is underlined pretty clearly by this episode. But Dorothy almost unequivocally loves Niles, believes he's the best, trusts in him, will do anything he say, and Niles pushes her away constantly versus yeah. baby doll slash Jane is constantly pushing Niles away and Instead, he goes closer and closer towards her and pursues her. Very similar to
2: Cliff. So you're saying it's Dorothy's fault. You're saying if Dorothy would pick up on that and be less. No, I think this is happening
0: with every character across the board, including Rita, who is going after her acting career very hard. They're always going after what they can't get versus being happy with what they have.
1: Well, and I think also Niles is is sort of the father figure for all of them. And has, you know, was a, had a big hand in their creation of what their current lives are like.
2: You, you so, mean by big hand in their creation, like he masterminded their deaths and, and then...
1: Well, not their deaths, but they're, they're still alive. Their like accidents. Uh, their accidents. And, like, and I think he regrets that. And so now he's trying to, like, be the parent that he became through the, his mistakes it's and doing be better well, he's trying, though. And I think that's, yeah, that's the whole a- point. That's the point of this season or these episodes we've been watching is like when something when you make a mistake, you can't shut down and just be mad. You have to, like, try to make it better. That was like that's literally been said almost word for word in these last few episodes. Right. So like and I, as a viewer, I'm like, well, I have to give this guy a chance because that's what the story is. That's the story that they're telling us.
2: Yeah, I I hear you, and this and the yes, in the last episode they made that super clear, but I think this episode is a perfect example of him not trying hard enough.
0: I I understand what you're saying, Pete, but I think he is not trying hard enough with Dorothy for very specific reasons, is which is that he's scared of her. Like he's scared, not yeah. just physically scared of her, but emotionally scared of her because Getting closer to her means accepting the fact that he's her father. Means accepting the well. You can't keep pushing of it off, mother. man.
2: She's taking people out one by one. He's got to fucking step up. But I also, don't know, Pete, man. She, was Pete, right. she was
0: right. She was right to take.
2: Uh, Baby doll
0: pushed it first. Baby doll literally pushed her into a furnace.
2: Yeah. yeah, also, baby doll scratched, yoked uh, jackrabbit, which we found out a man is. Jackalope. Jackalope. Jesus Jackalope, Christ Christ Pete, get yeah, right? Get it right. Fast sorry, as I'm
1: fast sorry, can be. You'll <laughs> never catch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
2: uh, uh, yeah, that was it was heartbreaking, man. That's I kind of love of Dave that. Famously, fucking- died, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. Dude. Famously, wow.
1: That feels wow. too soon, even though it's not. It <laughs> <Yes, laughs> yes, I know. It, it does, it really I does. I regretted it while I said I, it, but there's nothing to regret
0: specifically. There's nothing specific about soon, it when but it's a little... Like, and yet, it's fucked up. and yet, it's still fucked up. You're right. Oh my God. Uh,
1: but let me say one last thing on Niles. Pete, you're also privy to all of the things that are happening in Doom Manor with all these characters. Niles is not. Niles doesn't know that the underground is literally falling apart. He's trying to figure it out. Well, he doesn't know that Dorothy's, like, right on the edge and ready to attack Baby Doll over the course of this episode. He doesn't know all this stuff that you know. So he has to try to, like... Figure it out f- as an outsider. Try so to I do think,
2: better is what he needs to try to yeah, but do. He,
1: he is trying. Just because he's not he's succeeding, not, he's this not isn't trying. the last episode of the season. What, what? Why? Why Why don't you? You're watching this show. If you're saying that character's not trying, that character sucks, my only uh, yoke jackalope is why I get up in the morning and now That's he's right. gone. Yeah. So, like, what are you here for then?
2: Exactly. If they're going to kill out the yoke jackalope, what am I here for? And it's one of those things where it's like, you know, Cliff had this moment where he, like, kind of was like, if you spend some time, you know, you can get, can understand these people, like, talk fucking don't sit there with Jane and go back to the ways of writing things down and a fucking and recording things that didn't work. Why do you think that's going to work again? Like, Hey Jane, let's talk about what's going on with you. Like, Hey, uh, let's talk about this fucking K who we have no idea anything about why K is so fucking important. Also like, Hey Dorothy. Yeah. Um, I you know I am appreciative for the fact that you think I'm great, but I'm a horrible person. I've got to do better with you. We got to figure out a way that this candle maker stops talking to you, and maybe you just hang out with the fucking spider and the morning li- light, light light lady. You know, like what the fuck? The morning light light lady? Yeah. Well, the she's got light lights bright? for eyes, light oh, okay, bright. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um. Well, Pete, if you want to be better, maybe you just need to make a wish. Make. Oh. <laughs> Wish,
2: Pete. Pete. Stop it. (laughs) Cheesesteak.
0: So, well, why don't we turn to something that I think we can all agree on, which is that the Cliff Cyborg storyline was absolutely fantastic, absolutely delightful. I love the twist there at the beginning of that with Cyborg having a dream about Mm -hmm. Ronnie that turns absolutely horrible and turns out to be really prophetic as well because she gets this arm cannon and then later on he finds out that she actually did get implants, some sort of cybernetic implants. Enhancements. Enhancements that were taken out by this organization called Quorum, which doesn't sound ominous at all. I feel like we're going to hear from those folks. Hmm. Potentially, potentially. Now at this point, do you... Wait, actually, uh, I want to take a little... A uh, side trip for a second because we haven't done this in Ooh. a bit and we're halfway through the season. Justin, again, you haven't watched mm. any of this. I've watched halfway through season three. Pete, are we at the point where you haven't seen these episodes or yes. have you? Okay. You have never seen these episodes before.
2: Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gave up on Niles a while ago in the first running of this. Mm, this Now is starting
1: to
0: make a little bit of sense <laughs> <laughs> of your attitude. <laughs> All right, so you you guys don't know what's coming at this point. So I, I have to a pet peeve
2: right? for shitty leaders. It's a real thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a pet peeve for, uh, <laughs> for this podcast. <contest.
0: laughs> what do you think about the Cyborg-Ronnie relationship in this episode, then? Because Cliff, first of all, very surprisingly, turns out to be right, being like, don't bring her a sandwich,
2: which I would absolutely bring somebody a sandwich, yeah, first of all. I, I think well, Cliff's on, right and the fact that, like, the sandwich isn't... You know, what I mean, the thing the thing is to say that I'm sorry and I want to hear your side of the story. And please, you know, I'm an asshole. I fucked up. You know, like, let's talk. That's the the key.
1: The quote is go to the door and say, I'm stupid. I fucked up and I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. And Cliff calls it verbal astroglide, which (laughs) I thought was. (laughs) <laughs>
0: Very and funny And then it works. It, and works it works surprisingly Just to get back to the sandwich For a second though, Because I wrote this down in my notes After Pile Cliff Pile of hoagies Yeah After Cliff threw the sandwich Out the window I was wondering Pete Did you turn against Cliff At that point
2: uh, Yeah like, I where mean, do you stand So we have this t Which I think is uh, You know Maybe taking the place of Geno's in the Philly uh, cheesesteak world a little bit. And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, obviously, Cliff's a robot, so sandwiches don't have the importance that they. As much. Yeah, yeah. But in, and we saw in Vic's dream, there was just a pile of hoagies, and that was just, oh, just unbelievable. Just, it sounds like a, you already made your wish then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but Pilot you haven't really hobbies. answered
0: my question whether Cliff throwing a sandwich out the window
2: made you turn against Cliff or not. I can't turn <laughs> against Cliff. Cliff okay. is, uh, you know, it, he is my guy in the show. So like I, you know, if I was a robot and couldn't eat sandwiches again, yes, I would have a real hate relationship with food. It's
0: crazy to me that you can't identify with a father who is having trouble connecting with his child, but you can connect with a robot who doesn't like sandwiches.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. See, this is the doom room they are weird. No.
2: Uh, I did I mean, really there was like... a lot
1: of sandwich. There was like base, this episode was sort of sandwich pornography between the stack, <laughs> the stack at the beginning, the sandwich yeah. stuff with Clifton and, and, uh, and Cyborg. And then, of course, we have a massive cold cut
0: selection okay. laid out by Jane. And Niles I'll tell you what, like... there were so many sandwiches here. You'd think it was a Stanley Kubrick movie. Right, Justin? <laughs> right. <laughs> that's what? not.
1: That's you not started You started it. Wow, this is you're mad enough about this it has to go across two episodes? <laughs> <laughs> you went and remembered this? Wow.
0: <laughs> I remember barely anything. I don't know what my That's kids it. are named, but I did remember oh, that. Man. Oh my God. The... Steel and Stone thing was so great. Getting the sequence oh. in the middle, of this seventies cop show with Cyborg and Cliff was
2: so much fun, so delightful. It went on so long. Too, I though. wanted it to go longer. I really did. It was just, it was so much fun. And even when it like ended, and Cliff was still singing the theme song i still having such a great time with it. Uh, well, that's why this episode felt like sort of um, – like it
1: was trying to make a big creative statement. It was like doing extra flourishes like this thing. Yeah, it, it was. It, showed, it was fun. It was awesome. But it's not like we need this for the story. It was just like a fun
2: thing to do. Hey, don't take that away from me. I needed this. All right? I know you I needed, needed the it sandwich stuff because the other stuff was heartbreaking. I mean, yeah. we got LT's family basically calling the cops on them, turning them in. That was fucking heartbreaking. Before we
1: jump over there, real quick, like, um, and then you get like a fun cutaway, like after Cliff, now a crime fighter, um, cuts off the dude's finger. We get the cutaway into the hot dog on the grill over in the
2: LT story. So I do think there was some fun cutaways. I mean, when they yeah. were about to get it on, it cutaway to reaching for a jar of pickles, and then the finger to the hot dog. Mm-hmm. There was some fun, fun cutaways.
1: What does reaching for a jar of pickles uh, equate sexually, just to, to you guys? Is there a... Uh,
0: oh, reaching for, for the pickles. looks like pickles. You're reaching what for looks a, pickle. Like a bunch of pickles stuck together.
1: Wait, wait, yeah. a bunch of pickles stuck <laughs> together? <laughs> together? Now, see, just... here's the thing. That's why I'm lost right now is you just said, what <laughs> looks like a bunch of pickles stuck together? And I ask you, sir, what
0: does look like a bunch <laughs> of pickles stuck together? Because uh, if you're well,
1: talking about your own penis...
0: I got some more questions. <laughs> well, last episode, not to keep getting back to the last episode, but we were talking about various aspects of an orgy. Control. And listen, there is a move, and you guys know this very well, called the pickle jar. Yep. Where you get what? them you get them to all fit together. Like it's a it's a party game. Let me
1: no, say don't you? No. you're just like, and
0: you guys know
2: this well is what you just <laughs> yeah, threw into that. that like, yeah. Don't and you don't know if I know that.
1: You don't know if I know that. I and mean. uh
2: Okay. And also, don't turn Justin's love of, of pickles against him like this, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's his happy place. Don't, don't make it sour.
1: Every yeah. morning, I just get a handful of pickles and sort of stick them together and shove them in my <laughs> mouth. And now that whole, that's going to be tainted.
2: Yeah, it's going to be <laughs> weird next morning.
1: Uh, I, I think, did like yes, Cliff's sorry.
2: line of, like, uh, sorry to interrupt your night terror. That was really fun. Okay. Well, Cliff and I is think- great
1: the Cliff Cyborg relationship in this episode is great. They do feel like friends and sort of, I feel like that friendship even sort of surprises Cliff. That's why he has the fantasy sequence, Mm -hmm. but um, they have a nice heart to heart early in the episode, um, while Cyborg is spying on his, on Ronnie. he talks about how They talk about how Cliff's Like losing his um, Feeling His sense memory um, As the longer He's in the robot body Oh man And he that wants to go to Vic's dad about it It was And it was really I was just really well done I think The last few episodes Had these some great speeches In them And I thought that was A good one Well yeah it,
0: I, on, Just on the note I want to mention Of going to Silas Because they do have This really good scene Where they try to convince him I feel like you had to Like this Pete Right Because Cliff is like Screw you Niles You're not going to help me In the right way You're going to build a spider body And instead he goes to Silas And then Silas shuts him down Saying, no, I'm not going to be an accessory to murder I'm not going to do this It feels like there's probably another
2: reason there, right? Well, it's The reason is uh, Vic's dad's a fucking asshole Is what it is I mean, that was just like You know, like He could have been a little bit nicer about it instead of just ripping into Cliff and his existence and how it's just abomination. I mean, that was really cold as fuck. Here, Uh,
0: I'm going to I'm going to give you let you on on a little secret, Pete. There is nobody on this show who is not an asshole. It's assholes (laughs) all the way down, which is another very fun orgy party game. (laughs) Um,
2: I I really don't want to get into I'm trying to avoid this at all costs but I'm going to disagree with you I think Cliff is the one person who's not an asshole Uh, he is an asshole for what he's done in his life but I I feel like at least he's trying I feel like to not be an asshole even though he did really fuck up with his daughter
1: it is funny to me that you, you think Cliff is trying and you think Niles is not trying hard enough when to me they're both trying in sort of the same way. Like okay. Cliff is distracting You think Cliff is trying when he's having a fantasy sequence in a car? That's a textbook definition of not trying based on <laughs> well, my years working at Burger King. He's doing a good
2: job of not like fucking things up for Vic. You know what I mean? He's just sitting in the car. He could oh, be like. So
1: he's not ruining it. So that means yeah. he's trying. <laughs> uh, gotcha. But,
2: I mean, the whole thing about like. Uh, you know, Vic and Cliff getting the st- stickers on their backs, and then you know a seventies crime-fighting duo. Just it's it's fun. We have these two robots, and it would be very easy to pit them against each other—one more high tech and one more old school. But I like the choice the show is making uh, of of not doing that and having ways for them to try to come together in interesting in interesting ways. And yeah, I mean the the cliff monologues are heartbreaking about like his memories, and um, you know, and he was a piece of shit in his earlier life, but I mean he is still helping Vic, you know, hopefully try to get a relationship going.
1: Well, but uh, you asked this earlier, Alex, and we never quite got to it because of some sort of distraction. But um, I'm curious how the what the deal is with Ronnie Um, learning about how that she had enhancements and maybe misses them makes me question her a little bit. And the way she has been sort of moving in and out of Cyborg's life. Um, And I don't want to be suspicious uh, necessarily, but. Because Cyborg is just easy to take advantage of and it feels like if there's some sort of quorum want for Cyborg or she personally wants to have sort of Cyborg-like enhancements as we see in the dream, it could be trouble for him.
0: Well, and I'll also throw out there on the same sort of theme we've been talking about. She keeps trying to push him away, right? Whether it's not showing up to the date or just driving in this episode on, I did Black Ops, really bad Black Ops. You're so bad, you're not going to like it. You're a hero. Stay away from me. And that just keeps bringing him closer and closer and closer to her. Uh, And as we've seen with the other relationships, the closer you get to these people, the more dangerous you can be, which is a nice segue to talk about what's going on with Larry Over with his family that, as mentioned
2: earlier, leads to maybe his grandson getting shot and dying of a gun at the end there. Great job by Rita to, you know, deflect that bullet off of the kid. Her powers are working. Yeah, yeah. Um. I mean, this story,
1: this storyline was just so upsetting throughout. Like, we finally see Larry. We've talked a lot about how, like, last episode, Larry was sort of by himself, sort of removed from the group. In this episode, he's, like, putting himself out there. He's trying to finally make amends with his kids and successive generations. Where should we start? a hug? Um, You know, and we get these great callbacks later on um, when he's looking at the stuff in his locker and he finds the rocket that he was sort of a jerk about to his kid. What a great just callback, what an emotional callback yeah. um, for the show. And to say
2: that, like, oh, he nailed it now was just, like, such a moment. And, like, and then to find out that the son was happy to see that LT still had it, you know, like, that really meant a lot. Like, even if he wasn't there to say how it, was, it was a dick move, the fact that he saved it kind of said that for him a little bit, which was really nice. But, I mean, at what point do you call the cops during this fucking touching father-son reunion. You know what I mean? Like, Well, I I think that was the whole point, though, right? Is that it felt very true to
0: family dynamics to me, that everybody sees each other like, oh, it's so great to see you. This is so exciting. And over time, the more time you spend with them, those cracks start to appear, those old hurts, those old misgivings, all of those other things. Not across the board, but it did feel very true here, to the point where... I think one of my absolute favorite moments was Larry coming out to his son saying, I'm gay. I was in love with this man and it not being used as a get out of jail free card. Like I think most TV shows would be like, oh, wow, I'm so sorry. I didn't know that dad. I love you so much more now. And here, this just made him double down on you lied to us our entire lives. You ruined our family. My mom never got over it. My brother literally died because of it. I understand this is something you were going through, but your selfishness ultimately cost all of us our lives. And I think ultimately that's why he calls the cops. Well, here's well the he thing. said he
1: finally Al- felt peace when he, at the other brothers at his brother's funeral. And right. that's right. When Larry showed up to make it worse. Again.
2: Well, 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 but, but let's back up the truck here for a little bit. Like you're going to invite T over with this being a trap and then you're going to kind of like act nice until they show up. Like, why wouldn't you just kind of be like you? I, I don't know. Just the fact of like the fact that you're going to get a hug and then you're going to try to act nice. And then we're going to have hot dogs on the barbecue. And then, Oh, we're just killing time until the fucking cops show up is so much more deceptive than like LT shows up and be like, Hey, so, you know what? It's fucked up what you've done. You, you you can't take any of it back. People are dead. You lied to us. You know, like it was just such an interesting, horrible, kind of almost worse way to trap somebody and making them think that they're witnessing a touching family moment when it's all just a fucking trap.
1: Well, that's the price that they pay at the end when the, the he calls in these government operatives and they accidentally shoot
0: his son. Yeah. yeah, and uh, I don't want to keep bringing this up, but the hot dog trap is actually another <laughs> fun orgy party game. Also, a, so I was, was listening to what you were saying. Thing okay, of I
2: shouldn't bring this up. Don't listen to that. Uh, I would just I would rank it third. Like yeah, I, don't I don't care like what your rankings Alex, are. Alex, stay
1: orgy thing. <laughs> annoy pete please please stop we've all got our candle makers alex is just like <laughs> a little more sexy very mm-hmm. like in sort of some oiled up uh situation nothing so worse a real groucho than
0: mark situation going out the back of my head um
1: i love the way though the um, negative spirit comes out and and flies them away which yeah, is yeah that, that was I, really I, nice i don't it, think we knew that it could do that right
2: yeah But just another fucking example of, like, LT digging himself into the hole and the negative spirit's got to save him. Uh, I like to call him the light being and not the negative thing because I don't like to put – because the light being is really the only person that we can trust in this whole goddamn show. Wow. Really?
0: Really? I don't understand you really. That's very interesting. Do we talk about, uh, we should talk about Rita before we start yes. to wrap up here. Yeah. Uh, I think we touched on all of the other characters. I
2: think we've all had really bad auditions in the middle of Home Depot before. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Most Absolutely. of mine are in Home Depot. Yes. For Home Depot.
0: <laughs> Five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> I I really like this. In this, We talked a a little bit about the last episode, how Rita has really started to hit rock bottom here in a surprising way when she was cresting very much over the previous couple of episodes. And this continues it like nothing against community theater or anything like that. Whoa, dude, what are you about to say right now? What the fuck? She was a famous starlet. Her debasing herself. In a Home Depot to be at a community theater is a low point. Is all well, it's all. Oh, I It's man. how bad
1: she wants it, and how bad she wants sure. to just move on, and like, and you see her audition gets ruined by her flash to her. her oh yeah, dramatic moment She's
0: with her mom. She's got to deal with that first, is what I'm saying. Like also, she is trying if to recapture somebody. Yes, go ahead.
2: If we're making a list of things she needs to deal with, maybe when she wakes up the next morning, check in with Dorothy. Like, hey, did I say something horrible to you just as I was falling asleep? Because I'm going through a lot of my own things, and I don't want to put that on you. You know, you. Have have nothing to do with that. You know, maybe a check in to apologize there and then kind of deal with that block that she uh, finally got to kind of deal with in the last and and you know, do I agree every with morning,
1: that, right, Pete? Yeah, I was just going to make the same <laughs> joke. I was like, I appreciate every morning after we tape when you call me to do the same thing.
0: <laughs> it's Pete's version of I'm stupid, I fucked up, I'm sorry. Just call us <laughs> up.
2: It's, it's verbal ash. It's podcast lube, as I like to call it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> See, now you're on
2: board. Nope. Uh, Pete, good orgy joke, No, Pete. don't. <laughs> that was not an orgy joke, you asshole. I mean, yes, don't make was. everything free agree. No, no. <laughs> Don't make
0: everything creepy, man. Come yeah. on. Outside um, the orgy, you usually allow, they're called lurkers, the people who stand outside the window. They can't be the orgy, but they can watch the orgy. That's what you Alex,
1: want. Alex right? having a veritable lexicon of orgy <laughs> terms is starting to raise some eyebrows on this podcast. I okay, okay. uh, Just one other thing I want to say before we ra- wrap up is the Rita-LT relationship is, is so nice. Like, I yeah. love the way it is. I love how much they care for each other and really support each other. I think it's probably the healthiest relationship on this show. And um, I-, I love it. And Rita ends up booking the part at the end because of Mono, which is well, how a lot of great actors do.
2: this. Well, a accident, which is a hysterical way to get Mono.
0: Yeah, how... Uh, I guess by sucking on the same didgeridoo. That's right. I'm not going to suck it it on a didgeridoo. (laughs) I'm not going to say it. One thing that I wanted to call out the fight at the end with the candle maker in the underground was brutal. And yes. And how did he get in there? I don't know exactly. I guess he, she wished. She wished, and he got it. Yeah, there, she but... wished
2: that Baby Doll would die, and so wherever Baby Doll is, that's where the Candlemaker is going to go. Right. And yeah. I do Good appreciate
0: call. though, like what I liked about this, even though it's so hard to watch, is we've had five episodes of build-up about the Candlemaker. We've only seen him a little bit, so finally getting to see him in action, it is everything that
2: you hoped it would not what? be. If you know what I mean. We saw the candle make a wreck, like a whole carnival. You were we like, see it, man, I want to see we didn't more see of that. It. No, no, we
0: just saw the aftermath of it. That's yeah. all
2: right. Yeah. Cause it's,
0: yeah. So I'm what I'm to saying see is we finally get to down. see it and it's as brutal as we expected it to be. So I thought it was really well done. That's mm-hmm. my whole point. Any other moments from the episode that you guys want to call out? I-, I want to do a little correction. Pete, you only oh. said the first half of Cliff's line, sorry to disturb your night terror. And then Cyborg says it wasn't a night terror. He says, oh, sorry, spooky, wet dream. Which yeah. was very funny. Very fun. Very While we're funny.
1: talking about cliff lines, um we have an unspoken bet about if you have a schlong or if he yeah, has a Yeah, that schlong. was hysterical. Yeah, very funny. Talking yeah. about cyborg, uh, love. I appreciate the um, absolute withering uh, Marie Kondo takedown in this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that definitely was sets fun.
0: this episode at a very specific moment in time.
1: <laughs> yes, it does. Uh, which I was like, I remember that. It's all anyone talked about for some reason for a while. And um, more random sex ghosts. Are sex ghosts the ghosts that that appear after you have sex? Or is it for people who've died having sex?
0: Hmm.
2: Uh, No, sex ghosts are, you know, ghosts, uh, you know, meeting up in the afterlife and then connecting and having uh, sex in different rooms of other people's house. Yeah.
0: Yeah, like Slimer and the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man that one time. Oh, God, what a relationship that one
2: time. You I, were ghost it, I did like how Cliff was like, I guess this is the new norm.
0: Very. fun. I did like that. Like we've been talking about, just having continuing stuff, little Easter eggs, little things that show just the crazy adventures that they've been on over the course of the episodes. Very fun. Let's wrap this up talking about who is most doomed this episode. Justin, why don't you go first? Who is most doomed this episode?
1: Well, uh, it's a tough call because it was sort of a dark turn for lost some faves here between Yoked Jack and Baby Doll. Um, oh. I think, um, though, the most doomed coming out of this is LT. Mm. I feel like I always go to the LT bank for most doomed because you do. You do. he did step out here a little emotionally and he was only destroyed for it.
2: Pete, what about you? Most doomed this episode? Yeah, I I just wanted to say real quickly about Justin's it was it was heartbreaking the fact that L T reached out did these things and he was just absolutely destroyed for it. You know, m- you know, I'm sure that that the family members wanted to talk to him and express their anger, but like as soon as you saw the son's gun, like I was like, "Oh, this is going to go sideways." Um yeah. but I would say most doomed. Obviously, Niles, if he doesn't get his act together, you know, I I would throw him over to Jack the Ripper and just be like, have your fucking way with him if he wasn't <laughs> dead. Jesus
0: Christ. I'm gonna say wow. Jade, she's in a really bad way at the end of this episode. Not only is the candle maker there in the underground, but baby doll and I I think a couple of others are dead and burned to a crisp at this point. I think yeah. it's gonna just throw everything completely out of whack, and it was already headed that direction over the past couple of episodes anyway. And if you would like to support our podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Doom Patrol, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at comic book live on Twitter, comic book club for this podcast and many more. And now before we go, a piece of advice from Peter LePage.
2: Uh, Parrington is uh, hard if you're going to be a parent to the important thing is that the child sees you trying constantly trying
0: and this is nice. Shittington Parrington I believe this yeah yeah exactly
2: okay. yep.